Welcome to Eternal Well of Life Podcast. Here we are a virtual lounge that loves to teach people how to open the gift of the present every single day. Listen, come on through every Tuesday, 10 o'clock. Let's have conversations about subjects that people shy away from, but that we need to have in order to have this optimal life. Listen, we love to teach people how to live an eternal well of life. So don't skip out every Tuesday, 10 a.m. I look forward to connecting with you. I look forward to doing this journey just with you. See you soon. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hello, everybody. Yes, yes, yes. I'm back. I am back. I'm here. And it's been quite a while. I am Dina Shackleton. And welcome to Eternal Well of Life podcast. I can't begin to tell you how excited I am to be back. I'm so sorry, ladies and gents. I had a small sabbatical that I had to take. I had some career moves that I was making. I I had some moving that I was doing. It's, it was just so many moving parts I had to put down, but not really a true excuse because God has been dealing with me about laying this mantle down. And it happens to all of us, right? Where we start something and we just don't finish it. And it's not that I wouldn't have, I wasn't going to finish it. I just kept delaying me doing it because I like to do this podcast with the leading of the Holy Spirit. And if I can't sit down to truly tap in to do it, I genuinely don't like to do the show unless I am going to get leading in in, in, in some sort of um, burden in my heart from the Holy Spirit so I can speak to you. Because I believe that's where the power of my of what comes out of my mouth happens. I always pray that God decreases me and speaks through me. So needless to say, Dina is back on the block. She's here. What you guys been up to? Like, seriously, what is going on in your world? What has happened? It's been many months. And I got to tell you, like since March, I believe, because the last, I think the last episode I did was on my birthday. And since March, like, I haven't been here. That's several, what, how many months is that? March, April, May, June, July. Oh, oh my gosh, it's been six months just about. Oh, that's horrible. But you know what? We are going to leave the past in the past. We're going to focus on the now. Like I always say to you all, I am going to open the gift of the present. So welcome everyone. I am Dina Shackleton. I am your host in your spiritual voice your Christian spiritual voice. I'm here to do this podcast. And this podcast was birthed to me by way of the Holy Spirit. Um, This ministry was birthed and loaned to me by way of the Holy Spirit. And it is called Eternal Well of Life. And um, here, you're going to get some thought-provoking conversation. Here, you're going to establish some some emotional and spiritual um, thinking that can bless you, elevate you, edify you, and sometimes maybe even convict you. I have nothing to do with that. That depends on how the Holy Spirit taps into your emotion at that moment or at that time or in the season that you're in. But this podcast right here today, I want to speak about when right is now wrong and when wrong is now right. There's a lot going on in our society right now that um, it's, it's, it's heart-wrenching to watch. It's sad to think of because we're raising children, our value system is being diminished. It's it's almost like we have no boundaries of good and evil. 
people are just leaning into evil and it and and it's like they give up. It's like they throw their hands and give up and they just lean into it. Or perhaps it's part of who they are and maybe that's what they're more attracted to. But it is really, really, really hurting me in my heart to watch, to see. I don't like it at all. I I got to tell you, this way that the world is moving, we got to talk about it. We got to talk about it. We have to establish what we believe. What do we believe? What do we hold true to ourselves about what the Lord say is right and what the Lord say is wrong? And how does that fit in our world? Now, let me start by saying this. We do not have a heaven or hell to put anyone in. So we're not here to condemn anyone. Please understand that. What I am here to do is to talk about what God has said to his people. So this conversation are for people who believe in Jesus Christ, who believe in God, who believes that the word of God is their final authority. So this episode is for you. Now, if you come into this space and you get to, you know, listen in and join us and see what we're talking about, you may not understand everything we're saying because it's not necessarily addressed to you. And those of us who who are really genuinely trying to follow the Lord, but we're, we the, things get kind of mucky and, and, and confusing in the world because of how, how the world is moving, how society is moving, how media is moving, how our, our, our neighbors are moving. It's all around us. And it just, it truly just, it it just rubs me wrong when things are imposed upon me. I don't think it's fair, but let's unpack it some more. So we have this whole movement of transgenderism and um, we've always had gay, lesbian and so forth. And, And listen, the way you live your life is your business. It's your business. What you choose to do in your private time or how in your particular community with the people who share lifestyles with you, that's your prerogative. Have at it. Live your life. But when you are forcing people's hand to do things that for them goes against their morals and their 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 belief system in 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 their religion or just the just it goes against who they are as a whole i don't think it's fair now what i do not agree that anyone should slander i do not agree that anyone should attack i do not agree that anyone should um treat people less than because of their their choice of 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 um, of gender or whatever, I don't walk a mile in your shoes. If there can be hermaphrodites, hey, it's very possible that people have more X chromosomes and Y chromosomes in their system and what have you. I have my own thought process from a Christian standpoint what that's all about but that's not what what we're here to talk about today that's not what we're here to talk about today we're here to talk about how you have transgender um, men who believe they're women and who are attacking biological women that in telling them they're not women, that they're only um, an incubator. All we do is we just incubate children. And 
people are literally wasting tax people's money to go to court and argue and debate on what is innately natural for us as women. And to 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 want to have the same rights as us as women. I don't know where the line draws. Where does the line draw? Where I'm supposed to be made made to feel like how I was born naturally the way God created me naturally is not enough or is not accepted or I can't say woman around someone because it'll make them feel uncomfortable like that's too much that is too much I will respect you as a human being I will respect you as a human being but it's not my job to decipher who you are what side of the fence you're balancing and to interrupt my mental psyche when on how to address you when I'm not clear it's one thing if you look like a woman I'll call you she. If you look like a man, I'll call you he. No problem. But they, their, him, her, like, not him, her, but the the pronouns that doesn't give identification, even if you want to be called that, that's fine. But if I don't know you and I happen to say something around you and you just fly off into a frenzy about it because I didn't know, that's too much. That's not my business. And it's not my problem. I can address the obvious. But I can't condone and, and be held accountable and for things that has nothing to do with me. I was born by a man and a woman who came together and had sexual interaction. And by way of the Holy Spirit, my soul was able to enter. And I was born as a beautiful woman. That's who I am. That's who God says I am. No one is going to make me feel like I'm anything different because that's what I am naturally. Every single cell in my body points to me being a woman. Now, again, I'm not here to challenge anyone on who they believe they are. That's, I, listen... I don't walk a mile in your shoe. And I'm very, very sensitive to whatever people go through. Because I don't think people wake up in the morning and just want to necessarily be opposite of what they were born to be. I don't have a seat at that table to talk about it. So I'm not going to elaborate. My point is. For us as Christians, and I'm talking to you guys, for us as Christians, we have to be firm about what we believe, and we have to stand firm in making sure that we don't allow society to dilute the word of God when we know it's true. Now, what we do need to do as Christians is where we can show up in any environment, we still show up as love. Because God loves everybody. We still show up as love, but we still stand in our truth. Sometimes standing in your truth is love. I'm going to give you some scriptures. 
I'm going to talk about some scriptures, many scriptures that reflects when right is wrong and wrong is considered right. In Isaiah 5, 20, it says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. In 2 Timothy 2, verse 15, it says, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. As Christians, we we should be held to that standard, right? Rightly handling the word of truth. In 1 Timothy 4.12, it says, Let no one despise you for your youth, but but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. So we're still called, no matter what, in our conduct and how we show up in the world, to walk in love, to walk in faith, and to still remember that there there is an aspect of purity when you're in Christ. You know? There is. And it says in 1 John 2... 15, 17, it says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride of life is not from the father, but it is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does, The will of God abides forever. So we can pretend that we're just here on this earth and that's all that there is. No. We know that there is another life. We know that the soul goes somewhere. Christians, we know that we either want to be in eternity with Christ or we're going to go We're going to go to hell. It's it's either that or... (laughs) And it's so easy to be desensitized, so to speak. It's so easy to be desensitized. um, Because you're here physically in this world. You know, it's, it's, it's very, very easy to just not, to, to, to not find your footing when you're trying to walk with Christ and live in this world. I do understand that it is very difficult. God created man in his own image, Right? He created them, male and female. And consequently, we have the capacity to participate with God in the shaping of our own lives. The main temptation we face is to act independently of God and determine for ourselves who we are and what we will become. You understand? That's the main temptation. When we face to act independently of God. The creation account also tells us that the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and he breathed into his nostrils to give him the breath of life. And the man became a living being. The combination of dust, which is natural, and the divine breath, which is spiritual, is what constitutes the nature of mankind who are created in the image of God. The original creation of humans could be depicted in that way.
we know that some scholars believe that the body, soul, and spirit is all that there is. That the mind, will, and emotion makes up the soul. That's what we believe. That's what we believe. Being created in the image of God is what sets us sets humanity apart from the animal kingdom. Though we're all we're mammals, but that's what sets us apart. Being created in the image of God. In 1 Corinthians 6, 9, well, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 11, and this is going to be a little hard for some people to digest, but this is what the word of God says. And as Christians, this is what we should believe about. And this is New Testament, so we can't say this is about Old Testament. This is Paul talking to the people of Corinth. He said, Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revealers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. Now here's the caveat. But you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. So in God's eyes, sin is sin. Period. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Sin is sin. And he spelled out what what he calls sin and who if, if remaining in that space will not inherit the kingdom of God when they die. Again, I'm not here to condemn anyone. But as Christians, we have to still stand on the truth and believe what, what the word of God says. We do. You could know a truth and still be loving and, 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 and kind to people. If you meet someone who murdered someone else, they did that act. That is not okay, but that doesn't give us the right to treat that murderer like crap or to treat him like, you know. The consequences of, of his actions will take place. But as Christians, we show up to... To, to give them to give them grace and to remind them that Christ loves them and to remind them that they can still inherit the kingdom of God. What they did is not, unless it affects us directly, we can't be, what's the word? We don't get to condemn them unless we're in position of justice or, you know, or some, or, we're, or it was, it was someone that belongs to our family or directly to us. We may be angry and we may have other things that we have to contend with in that, in that moment, but we're still called to love them. And even, you know, it, I was watching a movie just recently on, um, on this this girl who was texting and driving and killed a little boy and and um, the father of the little boy was angry wanted wanted initially he wanted to to really penalize this young girl. Most people who commit crimes, most people who go through things, who do things that are considered evil, sometimes it's because of lack of knowledge sometimes it's just a mistake that 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 became this evil thing the enemy has so many strategic ways of pulling our youth and our young into evil it takes a moment for your life to change a moment he ended up forgiving her and what that did for her and the movement that was birthed out of that forgiveness will save many, many more lives. 
will save many lives, even though one life was lost. So we're not called to condemn anybody, but we are called to speak the truth when the truth can be spoken. Yes. Yes. We're in this world. I know. I know we're in this world. But you have to understand that you're part of a different government and you have to set yourself apart. God is sovereign. He'll protect us. He'll keep us. But we have to walk in righteousness. And we have to start spreading to people the power of his love and the freedom in it. We have to dismantle this evil that's in this world by speaking God's love and God's truth and God's word. Anytime you are approaching someone and you feel like they're sinning and you approach them in you, you, you approach them and speak to them out of love, even if they are not speaking in love, you need to show up in love. Because as soon as you become in, as soon as you get into strife, you've pretty much, I mean, your goal and what you were trying to do has been now, it's, it's, it's been destroyed. Like, you don't want to pull your brother and sister into strife. You can have a debate and talk to each other in love. It's just difference of opinion. It's difference of opinion, difference of perspective. But we have to stand on what we know the word is saying. In Mark 7, 20, verse 23, the one before was 1 Corinthians. This is Mark. This is also New Testament. And he said, what comes out of a person is what defiles him. For from within, out of the heart of a man, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come come from within and they defile a person. And James 4.17 says, So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is a sin. That's big. That's huge. Whoever knows the right thing to do and you fail to do that, that is sin for you. Matthew 7, 1, 5 says, Judge not that you be not judged. For what for with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use it, will be measured to you. Why do you seek the speck in your brother's eye, but do, but do not notice the log that's coming out of your own? Or how can you say to your brother, let me let me take the speck out of your eye when there is a log in your eye. You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. So all this corroborates with what I'm saying. I don't agree with with the way society is imposing things that have nothing to do with me, on to me. I have my I have my set of values. I have my set of beliefs. But my set of beliefs and values do not devalue you. Live your life. But don't tell me who I am. And don't tell me that I'm not a woman. I am. I was born that way. God made me that way. And the idea that our society would want to equate men who thinks they're women, men who cut off their penis to tuck in 
to, to, to emulate women, have rights as a woman, is absolutely n- not okay. That's not okay. But I still will pray for you. And I'll let the Lord have the final say in those situations. I still will show up in love. I am sensitive to to whatever it is that you're experiencing, but I will not tolerate anyone telling me that we have the same rights because we don't. Biologically, you're made to be stronger. We don't. No matter how much you think you're a woman. (sighs) Now the children. I've been seeing a lot of videos of different young people who started to take hormones and changes as a young child um, because, you know, their parents were afraid of them committing suicide or something like that. And now they're, re- they're saying that they wish their parents would have stood up for them and pretty much gave them the love and understanding that they needed rather than folding into what society says should be happening. And so these, these young people are currently... It's just so much, you know, um, deformity in their bodies and they have to continue to take medication like they cannot reverse or what have you. But how many, how many of you know that the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Ghost in the Spirit of God, anything can happen. So the reason why I bring that up is not for judgment either. It's to pray for those youth, these young kids who come here who are being told what their identity is or because, you know, that's how they feel. And this whole movement that everyone seems a little lost in, we need to pray for, the, for, the, for God to be able to take, take hold on these young kids, these young innocent kids, these parents who are confused and, and afraid, who don't know what to do so that they'll make sound decisions in those situations. How many of you know that we are perfectly and wonderfully made by God? How many of you know that the enemy knows how to infiltrate the bloodline? I'll pause there with that statement. I'll put a pin there because that's a whole nother conversation. And that requires a whole lot of different teaching before I could even touch that. But we need to pray for our people. We need to pray for our fellow humans, human race. We need to pray for our country. We need to pray for our brothers and sisters out there who are in pain. You know, I have I have a friend who, you know, he he was he was molested by males in his family. Before he before he could even identify with his sexuality he was tampered with I understand there's a lot of different circumstances that causes people to feel and you know feel a certain way become a certain way so I'm not here to condemn I my heart goes out to that kind of heinous crime that was imparted upon children at a young age and so now as an adult you you know you don't know what to do you just know how you feel but as Christians we know our feelings don't it doesn't trump the word of God the heart is deceitful above all things right our feelings can make us do a lot of dumb things, right? But I'm not trying to line up people's sexual feelings against the mind, the mind per se, because that's that's a whole complicated conversation um, in terms of what happens to you when you're young and what it does to you as you are evolving into puberty and so forth. I mean, I was molested as a child. 
you know, very young, like under, like under five, five, four or five years old. And I know what it did to me. I know where it, it tried to lead my mind. But I kept, as I got older though, I kept pressing into the word of God. And he was able to help me. He was able to help me. So we got to pray for our brothers and sisters out here. We got to pray. The enemy is on a prowl. Viciously. Viciously. And, um, It's so important. It's so, so important for us to come together in unification and have corporate prayer all over. We need to pray for identity. We need to pray for people to know who they are in Christ. We need to pray for people to be able to hear the whispers of the Holy Spirit. We need to pray for sex trafficking. It is a $150 billion industry right here in our backyard in the United States. That goes to show you how perverted. Because see, when you sell drugs, you make one transaction, that transaction's over. But with a child, you get to make the transaction four or five times in one night. can't even touch that subject that gets me so emotional but we need to pray for God to rain down fire on the heads of people who are involved in sex trafficking we need a war we need the angels to come in and declare war on those people who are doing that to innocent children And we need to ask God to preserve those children's minds, their hearts, their psyche, the emotion, the trauma. We need to ask God that that trauma from these kids do not get to be seeded and planted for generations to come. There has to be a crackdown. And so... I know me coming back with this is a pivot. But it's something that's been burdening my heart. Everybody's so lost and so selfish. And I watch the news and I, I just shake my head. I have to turn it off. But... Please understand that we have a wonderful father, a wonderful father, a wonderful creator that wants you to trust him, lean on him, not in your own understanding, but on him to speak to him earnestly. To open your heart and receive him. God cannot be mocked. He cannot be mocked. Not even a little bit. We're in a society that's never content. We're never content. Nothing's ever enough. But how many knows that God is a redeemer of lives? In Job 19.25, it says, I know that my Redeemer lives. And at the last, he will stand up upon the earth. In the middle of suffering, the only thing that we may be able to hold on to is a declaration. This was a comment from Job. I don't know how many of you are familiar with the story of Job. 
you will know that God allowed him to suffer greatly. Um, He lost his family, his health, and his wealth. And when you read the story, you can empathize with Job as he wrestled with his understanding of God and the futility of life. Like, why is this happening to me? Where are you, God? But like that said, in the middle of the suffering, the only thing that that we may be able to hold on to is the declaration that I know my Redeemer lives. And at the last, he will stand upon the earth, right? While Job couldn't comprehend his suffering or God's ways, he knew his heart and declared with his lips, my Redeemer lives. Be uplifted as you dwell on that kind of declaration. At the end of the day, God is the one that ultimately has the final say for your life and for this earth. And you can boldly claim that he lives. You want to thank God every day when you wake up and take a breath. And you want to be content in the space that you're in, it doesn't mean not to to aim for more, but you gotta first be grateful for what you have to make room for whatever he's gonna give you. There's a scripture in Philippians that Paul says, I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether we're well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. What is the secret that Paul understood about contentment? Well, the secret to Paul's contentment was that he had experienced God's provision of his spiritual, emotional, and physical need and knew that he didn't need anything more then trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't need more to make you happy. Jesus is more than enough for you. Once you understand that, you can say, just like Paul, that you have learned the secret of being content. So, family, We're called to pray fast if you can. God puts that, if the Holy Spirit put it in your spirit. But to pray for our people. And wherever you can, in the instances where people are trying to impose, still show up as love. As hard as it may be sometimes, because it could really anger you and get you out of character, still show up as love. Because obviously they're hurting. That's why they show up ugly and mean and discounting. The very thing they want us to accept is the very thing that they're doing to discount us. So, yeah. We need to pray. We need to ask God to protect us too. Definitely. And if you haven't given your life to Christ, or if you haven't taken the time to rededicate your life to Christ, I want to invite you in this moment to do so. This particular episode is not like my other episodes. Um, normally, I I do it a little different. But today, this was burdening me. This is what the Holy Spirit put in my heart to discuss. So that's what I'm doing. And um, next week, we'll have a regular episode, so to speak, with quotations regular, depending on what the Holy Spirit guides me there. But in terms of the structure of how I do my podcast, um, it'll be normal in comparison. But today, so sorry, had to yawn had to talk about the conviction of what's right and what's wrong. And we can't dwell in this world 
as Christians and brothers and sisters in Christ and move along the earth as if the things that God says is wrong is right and the things that God says is right is wrong. We can't do that. We won't do that. We were bought at a price. And so we need, and, and as a result, that was that's supposed to give us the power to move and have dominion on this earth. So we have to exercise it. We need to exercise it by believing that we're covered, by believing that we can have what we say, by when we pray, we expect an outcome. But we got to live in righteousness and we have to live in a way that is acceptable before our Father, before our Creator. We don't have to be perfect because He already knows who we are. By His grace, we are able to continue forward. But we need to repent where we need to repent. We need to denounce where we need to denounce. And we need to declare where we need to declare. So if you haven't given your life to Christ, or if you have not rededicated yourself because you've been kind of backsliding, or you've been a little confused, or you the church has disappointed you, and you're like, I'm not religious. I don't believe in religion. I just believe in spiritual. I, you know, I'm spiritual. I'm not religious. Well, be be clear what that means because you have a lot of people who are involved in New Age and a lot of different belief systems that can definitely slip you into the darkness so when you say you're spiritual be clear on what that means for you be clear that you 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 say I, I don't say I'm just spiritual I say I'm a Christ follower I am a disciple of Christ and um yeah let me give you an opportunity to do the Lord's prayer to give your life to Christ. You know, there's freedom in Christ. Let me tell you, there is freedom in Christ. You got to know that. And don't let anyone tell you anything different. There is freedom in Christ. My life has never been the same. I haven't, I haven't wanted (laughs) to, I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything. Let me put it that way. I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything in life. I haven't been this fulfilled ever like I'm fulfilled in Christ. My life didn't make sense to me the way that it makes sense to me now. It doesn't mean everything in my life is perfect. You know, it doesn't. But what it does mean is that I am able, I'm definitely able to, um, to live in a manner that gives me freedom and that gives me peace that surpasses all understanding. And I love it. I truly, truly love it. You know, there's a battle for your mind. The enemy wants your mind. And the Lord wants you to be free in your mind. He wants you to be free. Okay? So just say, Christ Jesus. I know I'm a sinner. But I believe that you died on the cross for me so that I can have freedom and have salvation. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I believe that as I accept you, my sins are washed away. And I invite the Holy Spirit to take me captive so that I can walk in freedom forever. In Jesus' name. And just like that, you gave your life to Christ if you repeated those words that I said. Find Ask the Holy Spirit to help you find your destiny helpers so that you can align yourself with people who can help edify you, 
find you a Bible that you can understand and read. And I would start in the New Testament. I would start in the New Testament first. And start reading. And before you read, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what you need to know for where the Lord is taking you in this season where you are right now in your life. So brothers and sisters who did say that prayer, welcome to the family. We love you. I'll be praying for you. And next week I'll talk more about Eternal Well of Life Center. But this week I wanted to, I want to end it just on that note. Because we should be doing some self-reflecting about what do we believe that the world is saying is right, but we know that Christ says it's wrong. So that we know what to pray for and what, where, to, where to solidify our feet. So, remember, yesterday's gone. No point in dwelling on it and allowing it to hold you cap- captive. Just open the gift of the present today because that's what you have today and tomorrow is not promised to you listen there is an eternal well of life to be lived so make sure you tap into that it has been an absolute pleasure to talk to you all I am grateful to be back and I look forward to it truly I look forward to it We'll soon be talking about the difference between counterfeit and real as well. You know? So, look forward to see, speaking to you guys next week. I pray that you guys have a great week. I pray that you guys are doing great things for your family, for the kingdom, and for your spirit. Make sure to feed your soul this week. Get into the word and read. That's food for the soul. I'm speaking to myself as I'm speaking to you. I need to dive in a little deeper myself. And I pray that you guys have a wonderful, wonderful week. Open the gift of the present. Get out there. And tap into this eternal well of life. Love you. <laughs>